scripture reading this morning comes from Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 22. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 22. My son, keep your father's commandments, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck, When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. Thank you, Ricky. Good morning, church. It's great to see each and every one of you here today. Hold your Bibles there if you already have those open. And I want to add a couple of things quickly this morning. Maggie Barnett is, this is the grandmother of Justin Wood. Uh, she passed away yesterday at the age of 90, and so we extend our sympathy to that family. But the funeral will be at uh, Pyburn Union Church uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m., and visitation will begin prior to that at 10 a.m. So we want to remember, uh, remember that family. Uh, if you will, in your prayers as well. Uh, also, Dustin has asked that uh, to let you know that we have sign-up sheets in the foyer uh, for the meal that, that was being talked about, and we really need to know a number. So if you plan to come to that meal uh, next week, please sign that list in the back um, because that number is important. Uh, that's on the 27th. And then also they were, there will be uh, selling tickets for the banquet. So if you'd like to be a part of either of those, that That's on May the 27th or on June the 1st. So if you'd like to be a part of either one of those, please make sure that you see Dustin and several of those in the back following our services. Also, I want to remind you, anyone, men or women, we're going to be having a work evening tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. This is over in the old flower shop, which is going to become what we're calling the House of Hope. It's going to be... Extending our benevolence program. And so I know Ray has gone around to several classes and talked about that. We've been talking about that. There's things up around the building. And so this is a process that we need to do to clean up this building and get those things going so that we can get that program going very soon. Today is Mother's Day. And we honor all of our mothers. And we thank you, mothers, for being here today. We do want to let you know that following our invitation song today, uh, I know some of you may have to leave quickly, but if you can hang around for just a few moments, we have a gift of appreciation uh, that we uh, have started a tradition of passing out a rose. And so that will be passed out uh, following our invitation song this morning. We also want to uh, let you know that... uh, If uh, once all mothers have received a rose, there will be the extras will be out in the lobby and in the hallways. You can go by and pick up one if you're going to see your mother today and if she's not here. Also, if you know of someone that's a shut-in and that is a mother uh, and you would plan to go visit them, uh, pick up one of those roses uh, for them as well, one of those extras. And we'll be doing that following the uh, invitation song this morning. Anna Jarvis first suggested the national observance of an annual day honoring mothers because she loved her mother so dearly. And at a memorial service for her mother on May 10, 1908, 
Miss Jarvis gave a carnation. One of her mothers, uh, she wore a carnation and gave it, uh, put it on her mother. It was her mother's favorite flower. And she also gave that to each person in attendance. Within the next few years, on May 9th, 1914, by an act of Congress, many in large cities across the United States of America observed Mother's Day. President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. He established the day as a time for public expression of our love and reverence for mothers of our country. Today, if you are a mother, we honor you. If you are a grandmother, we honor you. And maybe you're here today and you're not a mother. We want you to know we honor you as well. Because it's very likely that throughout your life you have given godly instruction to nieces and nephews, to other young people or young couples throughout your lifetime. And so we honor you as well and we thank you for what you have done. There's a story told about two warring tribes in the Andes. One stayed down in the lower lands and the other uh, made their residence up in the mountains. And these people began arguing and warring against each other. And the mountain people came down and invaded the lowlanders. And as a part of their plundering, they kidnapped one of the lowlanders' babies. And they took it back up the mountain to their homeland. The lowlanders did not know how to climb the mountain. They did not know how to maneuver the trails on that, on that mountain. In fact, they did not even know how to track, nor where the mountain people lived. But even so, they sent out their best party of their strongest fighting men to climb the mountain, to go up these trails, to find this baby and bring it home. The men tried first one method and then another of climbing the mountain. They tried this trail and that trail to no avail. They had only climbed several hundred feet, feeling hopeless and helpless. The lowlander men decided that the cause was lost and that they prepared to return to their village below. And as they were packing their gear for the descent, they saw the baby's mother walking toward them. They realized that this baby's mother, that this mother had the baby strapped around her back. They realized that she was coming down the mountain. And one of the men greeted her and said, We couldn't climb this mountain. How did you do this when we, the strongest and most able men in the village, couldn't do it? She shrugged her shoulders and said, It wasn't your baby. A mother's love goes far beyond measure, doesn't it? A mother's love prompts her to do what the strongest of men could not ever do. And aren't we grateful? The Bible says in that great chapter, Proverbs 31, describing that godly woman. In verse 30, the Bible says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. When I read that passage of Scripture, it reminded me of what I heard a, a preacher say the other day, that our culture, our culture challenges women, our culture tells women to chase men to themselves 
But the Scripture challenges women and tells women to lead men to God. And so this morning, as we look in the book of Proverbs chapter 6, I want us to notice some wisdom. Some wisdom from the Scriptures about mothers. First of all, look at verse 20. The proverb writer says, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. He reminds us of the importance of the counsel of godly mothers. When we began, we talked about maybe you're not a mother, but I'm sure you've given instruction to many people throughout your life. And you see, that's important. And it's also important, the godly instruction given by mothers. The proverb writer would say, notice on the screen, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Aren't we blessed with the wise counsel of especially godly mothers? Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 20, the Bible would say, A wise son makes his father glad, but notice, a foolish man despises his mother. Listening to the counsel of godly mothers is important. And this proverb would remind us, listen, when we do what we're supposed to do, it makes a father glad. But when we do not live like we're supposed to live, or like we've been counseled to live, look what it does to our mothers. The Bible says it despises her. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 25, the Bible says, Let your father and your mother be glad. In what? And let her who bore you rejoice. Why? Because you have heeded that counsel of godly parents. In Proverbs chapter 16, or chapter 6 and verse 20, this instructs children to listen and obey the counsel of godly parents, especially that of mothers. Paul would say it this way, notice in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 6, 1 and following. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and following. Children, obey your parents. Why? In the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Honor your father. Maybe if you're a young person today, listen, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, obey your parents. The Bible says, obey your mother. Listen to her counsel. You will be wise if you heed that and obey that. And then for those who have grown up and are out of the house, the Bible would say, honor your father and your mother. Which is the first commandment we promise. How? By the way we live. We live in honor of our fathers and our mothers. Young people, be thankful for your parents. Especially be thankful if your parents have raised you to believe in God. Be thankful if your parents have raised you, teaching you to obey God's commands and to be involved in the church. Be thankful for that and let them know how much you are thankful because they have taught you these things about life based on the Word of God and the God of the Word. That counsel that they give you did not just come out of the air. 
That counsel that your mother gives you, it comes from knowing the will of God because she has spent time in God's Word. She has applied it to her life. She has made it a part of her life. So be thankful for that counsel. That counsel of godly mothers also comes from their own life experiences. Good and bad. You see, here's the reality. Mothers know what they're talking about. Amen? Because they've been there, they've experienced some things. And they don't want to see you do the same. When I think about that, I think about that commercial, that farmer's insurance commercial. What do they say? We know a thing or two about insurance and about accidents. Why? Because we've seen a thing or two. And that's the same thing with mothers. They give you counsel because they've been there. They've seen it. They've experienced it. Or they've seen it in other people. And also, their counsel comes from their own mothers. And their own grandmothers. And from others who have gone before them. So when our mothers give us godly counsel, let's take heed to that counsel. Let's listen to it. Let's honor our mothers by the way we live. And notice in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 21, the proverb writer reminds us of the connection of godly mothers. And he says, Bind them, bind this counsel continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. To bind godly counsel means to meditate. James would use that word, meditate. To dwell on the counsel and put it into action. You ever wonder why mothers say those things and tell us that instruction no matter how old or young that we are? It's not because they just want to blow hot air. It's because they care. And they want us to meditate on these things and apply them to our lives. It's super, super important for us to connect with the godly wisdom and counsel from mothers. The Proverbs writer would say in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 89, My son, hear the instruction of your father. And do not forsake. What does that mean? Forsake. Ah! She don't know what she's talking about. Mom, you know, you're a little old. And things are much different today than they were back then. But the Bible would say, do not forsake the law or the counsel of your mother. Don't forsake it. Because we've, as we've already established, she knows what she's talking about. For they will be a graceful ornament around your neck and chains about your neck. You know, most of us have been blessed with godly mothers, haven't we? Most of, most of us have been blessed with mothers that have given godly counsel or else you wouldn't be here today. Be thankful for them and let them know. If they're still alive, let them know. But either way, whether they're alive or not, live in such a way. Live in such a way to honor your mother, especially today, but each and every day. 
If you haven't had that kind of mother, I'm sorry. But here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want you to look around this building and I can guarantee you there are some godly women in this auditorium. And these godly women, whether they are mothers themselves or not, they will give you godly counsel. They will help you. And they will help you honor them and honor God. You will be blessed if you do this. The proverb writer reminds us that we must tie this counsel around our neck. We must weave it into the very fabric of our lives. In other words, the counsel of our mothers who, that comes from God, we make it the central part of our life. It becomes the foundation in which we live and interact with those around us. Just like Timothy did. And Paul reminded Timothy of this in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. He says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Where did it come from, Paul? Which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in you also. You see the progression? Grandmothers, don't give up. Keep encouraging your daughters and your sons and your daughters-in-laws and sons-in-laws. Keep encouraging your grandchildren. I heard a preacher, great man of faith, a couple of years ago, it really impressed me to hear them say this. He said, you know, I taught my kids a lot about God. But I'm not so sure I showed them or taught them how to love God. You see, there's a little difference in that, isn't there? And this is what he said. And he has good faithful children, by the way. But knowing that, now I can show my grandchildren. You see, never give up. Because grandmothers, grandparents, where you are in life, it means you know a thing or two about life. Because you've learned a thing or two about life. So never start pass, stop passing on that counsel. Also, Paul wrote about this counsel that Timothy received because of his connection with his grandmother and his mother. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Notice it. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. What is Paul saying to Timothy? Paul saying, Timothy, listen, I, I know those who taught you. I know those who taught you. And we know, we know the, the difficulty that Timothy had in leading God's people and being a, a minister and an evangelist for God's people. And Paul would remind him of a number of things, but here's one time that Paul reminded Timothy, remember Timothy, remember where you received your faith. 
Remember how as a child your grandmother and your mother, they taught you the Holy Scriptures. And they advised you to live by them. And to make them the central core and very foundation of your life. That's why you're here, Timothy. Yes, it's because of God, but it's because your grandmother and your mother, they have taught you about the principles of God. That's why you stand before, or one of the major reasons you stand before God's people. To declare God's Word is because of the faith that were passed down to them. And remember that, Timothy. Remember that. And live by it. Oh, would we all not be blessed to remember what we've been taught by our godly mothers and make that the core of our life. To live by that. Talk about a way to honor your mother. If your mother who, have, who has given you godly counsel can lay her head down at night knowing that you have applied that counsel to your life and you too are faithful to God because of that. Amen? What a way to honor her. What a blessing that would be to her. Mothers do influence daughters and sons. One of life's greatest blessings is for us to have the opportunity to have a godly mother. And if you have had a godly mother or have a godly mother, be thankful because you are among the blessed of all the earth. And one of the greatest gifts a mother can give to her children is to be a godly mother. Notice on the screen here something I found that someone said. It says, Through faith in God and by honoring His Word, godly mothers have great influence as they train their children. You see, godly mothers realize they can't do it on their own. Godly mothers realize they need God and they want to share that godly influence with their children and their families. And in the third place this morning, notice in verse 22 of Proverbs chapter 6. The proverb writer mentions and talks about the course of a godly mother. The life that she lives and that she has lived. When you roam, her counsel will lead you. When you sleep, her counsel will keep you. And when you awake, her counsel will speak to you. I'm reminded of what God tells the Israelites to teach their children in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Beginning in verse 18, He says, Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart. These are the commandments from God. Lay them up in your heart. Store them up in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What is he saying? In other words, godly mothers, godly parents, make these things, these commandments of God, these principles of God, these instructions of God, so much a part of your life that they would be as if you put them in a box on your forehead between your eyes that you would never forget them. That they would be so much a part of your life that it would be as if you wrote them on the doorpost of your doors. 
And you would never forget them, nor would your children or anyone in your house. You see, the instruction of godly mothers. They do three things, the proverb writer tells us. First of all, they lead us. They lead us. A lot of thoughts go through our mind when I think about this point. Maybe some of us men, in a way, should be ashamed. Because some of the greatest leaders in the church have been women. Not that that's a bad thing, because we need good godly women to lead. But men, we also need good godly men to lead as well. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Why do our mothers give us that kind of counsel? Because God's word has been a light to her path. God's word has guided her. It has helped her through thick and thin. It has helped her in difficult times and in good times. It has helped her even maybe in a time in her life when maybe she turned away from the Lord and she realized, she realized the importance of God's Word and sharing that with others, especially her family. You see, we do not know where to step in life without the guidance of God's Word, God's people, and especially godly mothers. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23, the Bible says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Man needs God, number one, and man, number two, needs godly parents, especially godly mothers. Her counsel leads. Her course of life leads. Her course of life and counsel keeps us. Paul would say in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6-9, through Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Spend time contemplating and thinking about the life and the counsel of your mother. Yesterday, I want you to know, the funeral service of Sister Alice Watson was beautiful. It was beautiful because of the number of people and lives that she touched and that she gave godly counsel. And it's beautiful as we think about and contemplate and remember the life of God's saints. And we dwell on those things. It helps us. And so it does with the counsel and the life of godly mothers. You see, following the course or the life of godly mothers can make all the difference in our lives. And then finally, her life and that counsel they teach. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. 
And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And wouldn't we do well to heed the words of godly mothers? The truths of God's Word that they have made the central part of their life and shared with us. You see, when this happens, families will naturally talk about God in all activities that they are involved in. Godly mothers have given godly wisdom. They have God's Word hidden in their heart and they pass it along diligently to their children and to others. Someone has said, Believing mothers have rocked cradles with their own magnificence of trust and truth in Christ, as did Mary in Luke chapter 1. Someone else also has said, Mothers have been God's first line of discipleship down through the ages as God raised up the next generation of church leaders. The counsel of godly mothers is important. The connection that we have with those godly mothers and that counsel is important. In the course of the life of a godly mother, is important. Today, mothers, thank you. Grandmothers, thank you. Godly women, without your own children, look around. You have a bunch of children. And we thank you. For those who have gone on before us, we thank you. Marianne Holbrook tells the story about her mother, And she writes this, Mother lived to be 96 years old. During her lifetime, she must have written thousands of letters to family and friends in nearly every part of the world. Her writing was distinctively hers. And I have in my possession several letters she wrote to me through the years. After losing two godly husbands to cancer, Mother chose to move to a Christian assisted living facility in Pennsylvania because she didn't want to be a burden on any of her children. For 16 years, she lived comfortably there, loved by all the residents and staff, regularly visiting her children in several states. After she passed away 10 years ago, all four of her living daughters asked the same question. What happened to Mother's spiral notebook? It was a priceless item that any of us would have loved to own. Sadly, it was never found. Whether it was taken by a caring nurse who loved mother or tossed in the trash by someone not knowing its eternal worth, we don't know. It was a blue spiral notebook, she writes, dog-eared and tear-stained. It was always within reach of her nursing center bed where she picked it up several times during the day and during long, pain-piercing nights. At the top of the first seven pages were the names of her seven, seven children. Listed below were their children and their grandchildren. Beside each one, beside each name was a prayer request. They went something like this. Help John find a good nurse. You see, John was one of her uh, children that had suffered from uh, a brain issue. 
His progressive illness broke her heart, the book said. Another said, Jeff needs a job. Another said, thank you for touching Norma. Some names were followed by a blank space. Those blank spaces represented space, a special need in the person's life that mother only discussed privately with her Lord. Or they were confidential prayer requests that mother honored until she died. Throughout the rest of the notebook were names of friends, preachers, missionaries she corresponded with, churches she prayed for, world leaders, special ministries. Her book was a reflection of every interest in her life, everyone that she held dear. Near the end, there were several blank pages. No names, no dates, and information wasn't listed. Those empty pages troubled me, Marianne wrote. If mother had lived longer, those pages would have been filled. Who, I wonder, is not being prayed for now that she is gone? Whose lives might have been changed had she been given the time to both honor the responsibility of faithfully praying for them and their needs? Who has stepped into the gap mother left to pray for those who would have been listed on those empty pages? I have given myself to prayer, Paul wrote. And mother in the final years, when she was bedridden, suffered unbelievably excruciating pain from double, cover, double coverture of the spine, head-to-toe arthritis, neuropathy, bursitis, congestive heart failure, and painful broken leg that never healed properly. Yet every day she sang aloud God's praises for comfort, read the Word, and immersed herself in prayer with the help of a little spiral, tear-stained, dog-eared notebook which Marianne writes, surely now rests in the glass-enclosed place of high honor in the sacred halls of heaven. What a woman. What a woman of great faith. What a woman who left a legacy. What a woman who I'm sure gave godly counsel, connected with her family and others through that counsel. And live the life of faith. You see, here's the challenge of that story and why I included it. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, Honor your father and your mother. You see, yes, godly mothers, they leave this earth and they go on to enjoy their reward. But they leave a legacy. And you see, it's up to us. It's up to us individually to say, yes, they left a legacy. They left a void and they left a hole. Yes, I will be the one. I will continue the legacy. I will be a godly mother like my mother and my grandmother. I will accept that legacy. And I will lead... And I will teach. And I will share godly counsel with my children and those around me. And I will influence. Mothers, what a challenge. I will influence the next generation of church leaders. We pray with you. And we accept that challenge with you. Maybe it is you're here today. And maybe it is you've never... 
given your life to Jesus, though your mother has taught you about Him, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. It's Mother's Day. And I know the restaurants are going to be full and I know we need to get to eat, but there is nothing greater on the face of this earth that you could give to your mother or honor your mother by saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and I'm ready to die with Him. I'm tired of living this whole life. What a blessing. What an honor. We stand with you and ready to assist you in that way. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've wandered from that godly counsel. What better way? You see, this isn't about us. This is number one about God and number two about godly mothers. What a blessing. Whether your mom is alive today or not, what a way to honor her by rededicating your life and to from here on out live a faithful life to Almighty God. Knowing that whether your mother is alive or not, you will see her again through faith. Whatever your need is to respond to the Lord's invitation tonight, today, we ask, don't wait another moment, but on this wonderful, wonderful day, the Lord's Day and Mother's Day, what a way to honor. Allow us to assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.